0: welcome to the SMB Options Tribe meeting for today, August 14th, 2018. So this week we have John Locke back on the Options Tribe for nearly countless times now, but uh, on a very important topic and a very popular topic, and that is the M3, solving the puzzle of options income trading. You all can stick around to the end. We'll have a couple of special offers with a very limited time period of availability, so we're going to be talking about that at the end uh, of this as well, and I'll also be announcing next week's Options Tribe presenter. So now we will pass it over to the reason you've come, Mr. John Locke.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, uh, th- welcome, everybody, and thank you for attending our special webinar today on M 3 and thank you, Andrew, for the introduction for, uh, well, actually, if, uh, before we get going, uh, just little bit of what we're going to go over today. I'm gonna. To, I have a couple of trade examples. You can feel free to ask some questions if you want. Andrew's going to be moderating. Uh, you know, we'll answer them as they're relevant and as we have time. We don't have a whole lot of time, so um, you know. But feel feel free to ask, and uh, you know, we'll see where we we'll go. We'll get as far as we can through the two examples that I have, and we, we can do more examples if we have extra time. But I don't. I think that's probably going to be the case. For those of you who don't know me, uh, as Andrew said, I'm John Locke. I'm a wealth and success coach. I specialize in trading performance and trading psychology. And with a company called in Your Success LLC, I train uh, retail traders, uh, myself, and our coaches. You know, we train retail traders, professional traders, hedge fund managers, and coaches and mentors from other companies as well. And we do that, you know, so they can be the best they can be. I've also developed multiple trading strategies, as a lot of you may know. One of those strategies is known as the M3. Now, the M3 is what we refer to as a high-probability market-neutral positive beta trading strategy, which essentially means that the trade generates its profits over time rather than through price movement. And it's got a history of doing so quite well. Uh, so good, in fact, that we now have hundreds of people trading the M3 as, mo- as a monthly income strategy. And, you know, even though the M3 works great as a monthly income strategy, that was never the system's intent. The actual intent behind the M3 is to be a learning tool, a stepping stone, if you will, into the much more advanced and higher yielding ROC and M21 strategies. Now, people often ask me to say, well, you know, why did you build the M3 as a learning strategy rather than a trade? And the reason behind that is is because there are plenty of strategies out there right now, and there have been in the past, that are capable of returning in the neighborhood of 20 or 30% per year on average on an account over long periods of time. There's really nothing special about that. But the reality is if my only goal as a trader was to have a rule-based trade that returns, say, 20 to 30% per year on average, I could simply do a... bull bull trade strategy. right? Our bull trade, if you're familiar with that, it's essentially a simple bullish vertical traded in a certain way. The bull trade is more simple. It's easier to follow. It's um, less subjective than pretty much any of the rule-based strategies you're going to hear about on the internet. And it rivals the performance of any of them. Now, to trade the bull, you don't need to know options theory, you don't need to know what the Greeks are. You don't even need analytical software. All you need to do is follow the rules. So if my ultimate goal was to simply show you a trade that averages 20% or 30% a year over, long, over the long term without adding any subjectivity, even knowing all I know about options and all I know about virtually every trade currently on the Internet, even knowing all that, do you know what I would do? I'd do the bull trade. Now, personally, I'd add some subjectivity to that because I'm me and that's what I like to do. But if I had, say, a friend or, uh, you know, I'm doing like a wealth coaching client or perhaps my daughter, for example, someone who wants to get as good or better returns in the S&P 500 or as good or better returns in many of the top mutual funds, but maybe they're not all that interested in actually becoming a real trader, I tell them to just do the bull trade. The bull's going to outperform most of the the trades you see on the internet over time anyway. Uh, And that's why I never really considered the M3 as the end-all and be-all of a monthly income strategy. Because I can get similar performance much more simply spending a lot less time with fewer expenses than going through some of these more advanced stuff. So, you know, that's that aspect but if your goal is to be more than that, if your goal is to become more than you know just trade by the rules and, 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 and make a certain amount of money, if your goal is more than that, say to become maybe a competent confident options trader, for example, or something along, along those lines, then that's a very different story because while you, can, you might be able to make money trading the bull – You're simply not going to become a competent trader if all you're doing is following rules and hoping whatever you're doing works out. So if your aspiration is to to develop into a trader, then the M3 should be part of your learning process because the real intent behind the M3 is as a trader development system, and it's been proven time and time again to be very effective at doing that. In other words, if your goal is to eventually develop into a competent, high-yielding options trader, if you want to take it to the next level, then the M3 is really the way to go. If you look at our you know, our website, the Locking Your Success website, you'll see the M3 is only. You know, we have this path basically you know, for Russell or, or SPX, depending on how you want to go. The M3 is basically the beginning of a series of trades that are built on top of one another, for the purpose of getting to the point we and of adding subjectivity to where you can you can trade the rock trade and even the M21 trade as a competent trader, because you really can't jump into one of those systems. Um, you really need to, to, take a progression, and the M3 is basically the first part of that. So that is the intent of the trade. Yet, uh, even that being the case, the M3 continues to be a powerful core trading strategy among many, many retail and professional income traders. Uh, you know, and even among the traders who've wandered to some of those other strategies, a vast majority eventually find themselves coming back to the M3 again and again as their core income strategy because it's just that powerful and effective. So let me show you a couple of trades from this year. I have, and I didn't write down what they are, but I know what I want to show you here. Uh, The last two trades were July and August expiration. They were both profit targets, so I don't want to do both those trades. I'm going to do August, and I'll do something earlier, maybe a June. I think Uh, if I remember right, June was a little bit challenging. But I'll show you the easy one first. August 56 days to expiration. I'll kind of explain what's going on, and, and we'll go from there, okay? So... Basically, a setup for a classic M3 trade, as we call it, would be to do a 50-point wing butterfly with the short strikes about 20 points behind the current asset price. And generally, we're going to do 10 of them. And we're going to add a call in here somewhere between 80 and 100 delta. Usually, we like to do 100. Now, we give you some flexibility within the program because doing an 80 delta call or a 60 or 70 delta call is going to react differently. In, under different conditions and doing, say, a 100 delta call. You know, hist- uh, recently, in the more up-grinding markets that we've had over the last four or five years, we're generally better off going uh, deeper in the money for the most part. So what I'm generally going to do is I'm going to set up 10 butterflies. I'm going to see what my delta number is with the 10 butterflies. And then I'm going to add till I get around minus 90 delta or so. Um, and then I'm just going to add a call in here. Uh, near 100 delta, or we generally go for as little time frame as possible. But we're in an environment now where time frame you know, calls is a little bit high. But this is a setup here. This particular case, I'm, min- I'm running about minus 12 delta. Something this size would be a, would be what's known as a $50,000 position. You know, it starts you're going to start out somewhere between 25 and 35,000 usually, but it's a $50,000 position after adjustments, uh, possibly. We'll have to wait and see. But the concept here is to keep the t plus zero line as flat as possible and to stay within about here you see this range here about sixteen fifty to uh, let's see about seventeen twenty in this case keep the trade in that range as re- in respect to where the tent is keep your t plus zero line flat uh, let theta do its work and and make money over time so that's essentially the concept behind the position and, and as we're doing this we're going to be making adjustments when things get out of whack because as time goes by that T plus zero line shifts the price shifts and things change around so I'm just going to kind of skip this forward we'll talk about you know some of the adjustments you might make and some maybe some optional adjustments you might make that, that tend to be within the program and, you know, the reason we have optional adjustments is because we want to let you experiment, you know, whether it be in backtesting or live trading with this, we want to let you experiment with this a little bit and get a feel what doing different types of adjustments do. So, in other words, when we start to have a problem with a T plus zero line, for example, there's going to be multiple ways that we can fix it. Each way you choose is going to react a little bit differently. and going to be a bit more beneficial or less beneficial depending on the specific environment that you happen to be in. And those are the types of things that, uh, that we look at you know, in the, in the M3 strategy. So let's, uh, let's just go forward here. This is, this is going ahead five days. And we get in a situation where the, the, the asset price pulls down underneath our short strikes. Now, generally, if we get more than 10 points under the short strikes, we're generally going to move the tent. And we tend to be a little bit proactive to the downside because that's where a majority of our risk is. I mean, we might lose the trade to the upside. That is possible. But, you know, you're not going to lose, uh, you know, if you're trading it properly, you know, you're not going to lose. You know, 20% to the upside, you, you might you might take a bit of a loss there, but it shouldn't be anything like that if you're trading it properly. But to the downside, you know, that's where all our risk is. So um, generally what we're going to do is we're going to take some action here. In this case here, I did a rollback to the trade. So what we're essentially doing here is when we do a rollback or a roll forward, we're essentially closing the position and we're reopening the position. So I'm going to come here, I close this out. Now there's certain ways to do this right, that are um, actually within the M3 program and the incremental adjustability and stuff like that. We, we talk about how to adjust in a lot of the other bonus videos within the program, how to adjust this without actually pulling all the butterflies off, going 100 positive delta, and then trying to stick other butterflies back on, right? That's a learning um, event in itself is trying to do that because that would not be the proper way to do it. So you'd want to roll these, uh, essentially roll these back And in doing so, um, I'm going to reduce my size back down because if I'm making a downside adjustment, I'm going to want to maintain my positive delta. I mean, I don't want to be positive 100 delta, but, you know, maybe positive 20, which is about half of maximum. We allow positive 50 in this particular uh, setup. So um, that being the case, I come in here, I do my rollback and maintain a little bit of positive delta. You can see, you know, the T plus zero line is still extremely flat if i were to look at just the comparison on these now what else we're doing is we're just moving the thing back we're we're, laying, we're giving ourselves more room to the downside and the more important part is your, is when is you want to watch your reversal risk when because what happens with the market we say well uh, when the market goes down it's like pushing a basketball underwater and when it reverses it likes to reverse really hard so but the problem is we don't know where it's going to stop right so you know, you want to maintain your, your your positive delta on the way down for the mo- most of the time. You know, occasionally we'll have a market crash, but you know, we have to we have to plan for uh, the majority of the time. The majority of the time, we're going to go down. We're going to take a quick shot down. We're going to bounce like crazy. So, and then when we do this, we're generally going to maintain a positive delta on the pullback, and that's going to look like this. And let's just go forward here, all the way to July sixth. That was, uh, what, another uh, 10 days or so, I think. And if we come here, we did get that. We got a hard market reversal, right? And we end up going back above the strikes. Now, generally, we do allow this to wander outside the tent. We do watch uh, the trade vega to try to estimate the stability of the T plus zero line. But generally, if we get 10 points, not 10 points over the long, to more accurately put it, would be um, 60 points over the, sh- the primary short strikes in the position. If we get 60 points over the primary short strikes of the position, we're looking at a strong possibility of rolling this up. So um, so I can come in here and, you know, at this point, take the position. And I'm just going to show you the T-log. I mean, not the T-log, but the um, the position. This is what we look like afterwards. So we're basically going to roll the position up, get more on top of the market, and come back to here. Again, anytime you do this, the primary concern being the T plus zero line being relatively uh, flat and controllable if you can do that. There are times close to expiration where we'll let this sag, but generally this far from expiration, we are not going to do that. Um, that's a pretty straightforward adjustment there. Let's move forward so july 23rd right so basically we sat there from the 6th to the 23rd as time goes by our expiration um, t plus 0 uh, t plus 0 line heads more and more towards our expiration line as we probably know this by now and uh, we're going to want to correct that now there's multiple ways that you can correct this right also we're doing we're trying to take some Negative delta out of the trade, yes, but we're also um, should have other some sort of other of objective, and that's what's going to help you determine maybe which, um, which adjustment to make because, you know, how could we correct this? Well, we correct this doing this, right? We can move short strikes, which is one of the more common ways to do it, and that's going to give us a position that looks like this. That'll straighten us out. We can... Uh, And this is going to give you a certain characteristic, right? There's going to be benefits to doing it this way. Generally, if the market's going to stall, if the market's going to maybe drift back a little bit, or it's not going to move a whole lot, generally that's a very good way uh, to deal with that. The other way we could do this is we could roll back some of the upper lungs. Again, all adjustments that are allowed within the program. That also cuts our delta number back, but it does something different right? It's it, it still flat in the T plus zero line if you superimpose them, but it pulls you further away from the tent. It drops your theta number down. You know, it's going to be better to pull these upper longs back if we get a, a relatively large market move. It's going to be better to, um, you know, pull out the shorts if we get a relatively small market move, or particularly if we end up kind of up in this area here. So, you know, it. You, you could re- Again, either one's in the program, um, and you could use the one depending on your, uh, your thoughts on where the market might go. Now, you don't have to be right in your choice either, because realistically, you could make either move, and over time, if you do the same move consistently, you're going to make out fine. It's not really going to make a difference, but as you get to be a more subjective trader, you start understanding the market a little bit more, you, know, you can make choices like that. In here, we just pulled back these five uh, verticals. All right, and then going forward, I think that was it. Yeah, that was it. So we stayed in the trade a couple more days, and realistically, we could have done either adjustment; wouldn't have been, it would have resulted in the same thing. It might, one may have resulted in getting out a day later or a day earlier, but um, this uh, this trade with a fifty thousand dollar plan capital has a. Profit target of five thousand a maximum loss or an exit point of uh, minus five thousand, and you know we're over five thousand so you'd, you'd actually pull this trade off at that point so that is a simple trade that went well. They do not all go well, right we do have some uh, some problematic trades. Uh, June is a little bit more problematic than well definitely a lot more problematic than uh, than August, but it still worked out okay. Uh, so let's let's take a look at that. I, I don't see any questions or anything yet. So um, let me move forward and go into something that is maybe a little bit more uh, complex. So I'm going to go to, oh, by the way, um, we do, for those of you who, who may not know, um, we do uh, at, at Locking Your Success, not here at Options Drive, at Locking Your Success, we do a Monday morning weekly update where we do track several of our trades. Uh, some of them are SMB trades, some of them are not. Uh, and one of them is the M3, and we've been doing this for, we've been tracking it since 2011, uh, or actually I think the M3 we've been doing since the programming section of 2012. And we do the real-time simulated trades. That's what this is here. It's a real-time simulated trade where we where we go in 56 days to expiration. We we do the trades by the guidelines, uh, and we go over what we did every single week, uh, and we're doing them real-time. So we have to make decisions on you know gray areas or whatever decision point. We always have to make those in advance. And Basically, I'll tell you what I'm going to do going forward. I'll tell you what we did in the past and uh, how I think that the trade is going to work out in any given week. And uh, that's a great benefit because you can kind of track what you're doing compared to what we're doing if, uh, if you're if you're in the program and uh, get an idea of, of, of uh, how things are going, okay, and how you're doing. So let's go to our June tree. And that starts on 4-2018. Actually, I have a couple of questions, I think. My delta was plus 30 and Vega minus 272. Okay, these are, these are uh, on specific trade. Uh, okay, with my delta, I was plus 30 and minus uh, 272. Still at the end of the day, it shows a $265 loss in risk profile grass that is very weird. Okay, so it's just showing a, a position here. I'm tracking the Greeks on volatility smile approximation. So... Here's one of the things that everybody should understand about analytical software, and that is it's all different. So if you're looking at a thinkorswim graph, or if you switch to thinkorswim smile, or if you think to, uh, or if you take your option view when you go from variable to EIOIO, or if you're on Option Explorer, they're all going to project different T plus zero lines. You're going to have different Greeks. Therefore, that being the case, you are going to trade differently. So any given time, you um, may enter the trade differently, you, you may adjust the trade differently, and therefore, when the trade's stressed, by that I mean is you know, if you get into an average trade where everything works out okay, then there's no problem, but when the trades start to get stressed, you can get very different results. And you, need, and you need to be aware of that this system was, you know, so to, to answer your question, can I trade it with Toss Smile? Can I trade with regular Toss? Can I trade it with anything? You know, can I trade it with, um, you know, my, uh, you know, the, an astrological chart as to what the, you know, the stars are doing at any given time? You could trade it, you know, based on any of those things. The thing is you're, you're going to get different results. And it's not, this is not particular to the M3 trade. If you're doing any trade where you look at the profile of the T plus zero line or you look at the Greeks on the T plus zero line, then you're gonna get different results with the different analytical software. It's just a fact of life. So what you're gonna want to do is you're gonna want to go back test it in that analytical software to see what you're gonna get. The thing with the think or swim back stuff is is you is you cannot back test really not effectively anyway in that software. So realistically you don't know what um, what differences you're getting in the T-plus airline profile and how they are affecting the trade. You simply don't know. I've seen a lot of people say that, oh, it's Smile, so it's fine and it's accurate, and that's not the case. Um, smile is sometimes better than EIOIO or regular. Sometimes it's not, right? And it's your job as a trader to kind of determine when that is. Again, this is about learning to trade versus following rules, all right, so those are, those are those are those are very different. You know, as far as your specific trade, I'd have to model it and see what's going on uh, on the position and and whatever. So, so, uh, but you know, as far as does it work on toss? I mean, it will work on anything if you spread out the time. So, uh, my point being, you know, whether you use any of those systems over long periods of time, you're going to do fine. Under specific periods of time, specifically short periods of time, you may see very different results from month to month. Okay, um, you know, can the M3 be implemented using IWM rather than Russell in order to learn? Uh, the problem, the answer is yes, and you're probably almost certainly going to be at a loss in profit and loss because the the reality is the commissions of in IWM, as as uh, is is associated with the actual trade size, are so large that it's going to eat up a good part of your profit base, right? So we do have in the program, we do have uh, a way to trade it with as little as five thousand dollars. Right, so um, you know we can show you a Russell with one butterfly and, and mixing with IWM. We can show you a method to do that, and we can also we also show you an M, what we call an M3U, which is just a broken wing butterfly, and uh, it's it's just, it's an M3 as a broken wing butterfly. It's one of the variations of the M3, or the M3 is a broken wing condor. That's another variation of the M3. We can have you trade that way, and that's a much more efficient way to trade. And realistically, that is the way to do it. Okay, if you're going to do that, this is stay in the Russell or in mix with IWM or um, or just go into an M3U. Um, all right, can you use on FANG stocks? Uh, right, so you, you got to remember the, 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 the answer is yes, you can use it on stocks, you can use it on um, you know futures and all that other stuff, realizing that. And again, this is this is the same with any broken wing butterfly style strategy that you might use on any of these assets. You need to realize that these suckers can maybe cut in half overnight, or double overnight, or move these this extraordinary amount, where you're just not going to see in an index. You know, you might see the Russell two thousand move forty points, um, maybe a little bit more. I mean, if you look back all in all of history, that's all we've ever seen in a day period, right? From from close to close, I think we may have one that was sixty. You can go into you know uh one of the fang stocks and you might lose three hundred you know a hundred two hundred three hundred dollars overnight and my point being you're taking on a very large risk you really have to watch your position size and you have to have that expectation as hey hey, I might have twelve thirteen fourteen wins, and one of those could take. That whole period away if something really weird happens to the marketplace. And again, that's generally going to be with stocks. You're not going to see with an index because the index isn't going to drop that far. It's not even allowed to, right? You're going to have uh, market shutdowns and all that um, where the other things you're not. Okay? All right, and and how has the strategy performed this year relative to the bearish butterfly and the rock? It is uh, performing better than the bearish butterfly this year. It is the rock trades, 99.9% of the time, the rock trade strategy is going to be our highest returning strategy. Occasionally something else. Occasionally something else will beat it if you have a particularly bad year or something weird happens in the marketplace. Two thousand sixteen I think was one of those years. But this year the ROC strategy is clearly by far the best performing strategy of the year. All right. Uh, but again, this is part of the learning process to get up into the rock strategy, right? So very important to have this. So let's let's um that's what we have. So thanks everybody for the questions. That was great. Let's uh how much time we have? Well you so you need we have another twenty minutes. So let's Go in here, we'll take a look. Yeah, we're doing great. Okay, great, great, super. So I need to go to um for twenty eighteen. okay, so here we have a similar thing. So one of the things about this strategy that's Interesting, particularly if you use OptionView, which you really should be using with it. That's what it was developed in, and the OptionView variable strategy really is the best um, modeling software for the Russell, particularly when you get into broken wing butterflies or butterfly call type of stuff. So, one of the things you, you should you should realize is that. You know, sometimes you come in 56 days to expiration and you have 10 butterflies and that's too many. And realistically, you should be trading with eight or seven or, or you have to put verticals in to start the trade. And then you have other times where you might go 15, 20, 25 butterflies on entry. And you hear a lot about implied volatility skew uh, from uh, other people and so forth. And this is a way, and and to me, it's an actually, it's a more effective way of looking at implied volatility skew than actually looking at the skew charts. Because 99% of the people can look at a skew chart and they can say, oh, yeah, it's curved or it's not curved or whatever. But they really don't have any way to associate that back to what it's doing to the position. Realistically, whenever that curve changes, your T plus zero line profile changes. And depending on how you have to enter this position, and we kind of go into that when we start talking about entries um, uh, depending on how this, uh, you, you have to enter the, the position, it basically tells you what your volatility skew curve is, right? So when we have to enter with like 15 butterflies, for example, with one call, I have a fairly flat um, IV skew curve uh, relative to normal, right? And I can take that and I can associate that with what the market's actually doing. So, you know, we're in a marketplace here that's generally uptrending at this point, right? We had that little blip in February and in March, but... You have this marketplace here that's just generally uptrending, and volatility should be low. I should be in ten butterflies here with one call, not fifteen. Right? So this, this is this is it's, it's unusual what I'm saying. So I can tell that there's you know some some weird volatility shifting going on given the given the market environment. And I could also tell that then, and I can tell that today when we enter the rates today, we're even still um, flatter volatility skew than normal, uh, at least in the Russell. So this is what we have. Anyway, I end up with 15 and one, pretty much the same thing to start off. Yeah, uh, you know, we can look at the price chart, I guess, if you want. Right? Well, I guess we're a little sideways, but we've been uptrending here for a little while, right? Um, realistically, the volatility should have shifted down by now, uh, but it hasn't. So anyway, and you can make whatever readings you, you know, whatever meaning you want out of that, obviously, but which you'll do as you become more proficient in trading you know you look at you'll look at these these entries and you'll you'll put some sort of a meaning on it and you know we're all a little bit different when we start being a little subjective so we'll put different meanings on it but anyway um you know this goes by several days from actually this is quite a while isn't it this is uh, our first adjustment and we've gone almost 20 days we've gone about 18 days really nothing's happened the market's been sideways and um we're up about $1,300 because time gone, has gone by and so forth. We end up being minus 113 delta. So we take a look at this. Again, there are multiple ways in which we could fix this, right? We can fix it by uh, rolling in some upper longs, as we said before. And you Now let's just try to make this, let's just do 7. We'll try to make it about 50 no, maybe we got to do 10 but anyway I, I can roll in some upper longs and that brings me to about 50 if I analyze that it looks like that I can you know bring some of these up that's probably going to take about this far it's 10 five. Uh, I don't know why this could be so much I'm just trying to get uh, close here. All right, so that's about minus fifty. I could do that. I just want to analyze all these. this is just to talk about some things here that you should be recognizing as you're trading. Uh, analyze that, or i can I can do something like uh, you know drop some butterflies out, all of which are, are allowed within the program, by the way. Right, so I could pull that down also. So if I superimpose these, I have basically three things that keep my T plus zero line looking identical to me from, say, 1545 all the way up to, uh, you know, 1635. So a very wide range. It keeps my T plus zero line looking almost identical. But the reality is if you experiment with these, you're going to find that each one of these adjustments is going to do something different when volatility shifts they're each going to do something different when the market goes up or when the market goes down and part of that is learning you know how positioning works and learning how to be a good trader when you start to understand how each of these adjustments are going to affect what and what's going to be best in each individual situation so that's that's all part of the, uh, the process in this particular um, example what i end up doing and again, you can do the wrong one. You, in other words, or not, none of them are the wrong one. But you can do the non-optimal one and still work out okay. But uh, the you know, the beauty of this is, is it allows you to do the wrong one, what it, whatever it turns out to be the wrong one, and still generally do okay. So I just pulled five butterflies off. I brought my delta down. Um, you know, underneath normal maximum. Where where this is now is about minus fifty, and. Um, this is what the resulting position ended up like. So let me move forward here. All right, some more time goes by and we get more than 60 over the lower short or the primary short or 10 over where the normal upper long would be. Uh, generally we're going to do a roll up there. So, so, you know, we don't have a delta problem. We don't have, we have a Vega problem. One of the parameters we like to use in this position is to keep your vega negative and part of that is because your t plus zero line gets really unstable or unpredictable when you start getting into the positive delta range of the t plus zero line so um you know that being the case we're generally going to do something there anyway but you know i've cleared the upside here so i'm going to do an upside adjustment when i do the upside adjustment if i had i gone in with a symmetrical butterfly I end up being you know minus 68 delta which is basically probably towards the upper end of my limit so I probably wouldn't want to do that i probably want to come in and roll up and flatten my T plus 0 line a bit something like that so I got a nice flat T plus 0 line which is within concept of the trade and um, that's what we go up into something like this okay um, moving forward here and it's going to move relatively quickly if there are any questions you can uh, you can you can ask them actually there's a couple in here and um, we start running two high negative delta again at where the where it's positioned i do another um, vertical so i end up in basically a broken wing butterfly with a call at this point that's what we Look like there. Let me um, um, just address a couple questions that came in here. Um, You know, what strategies work as a good hedge against the M three? And I don't, I don't like to think of working as a as as a hedge against uh, anything. Um, We want a a good hedge working with the M three, I guess. If you if you were going to do that, Uh, the reality is is um, I don't like to hedge my positions. In other words, I put the trade on. I put them on appropriately sized, and I trade them out. Whatever happens, happens. Uh, I've been trading that way since two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. We talked to hedge fund managers. There are a lot of different ways you can add um, different hedging, depending on which direction you want to hedge it in, and you know what kind of uh, you know move you're trying to protect against now the fallacy in trading is that you're going to protect against all moves and no matter what happens you're not going to lose a whole bunch of money and that is a bunch of crap and realistically the sooner you can get that out of your mind the sooner you're actually going to become decent at trading and you know go ahead and go in there now you never want to take on excessive risk within your positions and if you're in an m3 strategy or a broken wing butterfly or any strategy and you start taking on too much um, dire- directional risk where it's just in other words you don't want to be taking on losses that are that are um, substantially bigger than your average gains um, you know then you know you may either get out of the market you may close this trade go into something that's further from it Expiration, uh, or you can add put protection, or you can do your ratio spread, or whatever you want to do to the position to add it in there. As far as hedging it all the time, um, realistically, you know, grow up and be a be a man or a woman, and y- you know, deal with it. You're gonna lose. You're gonna lose a little while, you know. Uh, you know, and I say that with love, right? Um, I. I really you know, love traders. I love to see them do well. I love to see them do um, you know, fantastically. But the biggest challenge that I see with people in not making a substantial amount of money in the market is that they simply are afraid to take losses or they're resistant to taking losses. You know, trading is a gamble. I don't care if you're doing, you know, the the super high probability thing where you win 99% of the time or if you're taking, you know, long shots doing straddles or out-of-the-money calls. Uh, It's a gamble. It's all a matter of putting, you know, where do you want to put the odds in your favor? You know, at some point, you get to the point where you're working your ass off in trading, trying to keep your T plus zero line straight, getting all these Crazy positions, and you know, you go through five years of trading and you average, uh, I don't know, you know, 1% a month, 2% a month, or your break even or your down money, right? And it's like, why why are you even bothering, right? Go out and get, I mean, unless you got like a gazillion dollars and, 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 you know, making 2% a month. Um, Uh, means something to you and you know you have good entertainment value in doing so why are you going to waste your time i can come in here and i can do a bull vertical and yeah you know what you know i'm going to have down moves i'm going to lose some money i'm going to have bad years like 2008 i'm going to lose some money but if i take that and i do that every year for the last 20 years i just follow the rules you know i'm Averaging twenty to forty percent a year. A year like last year, I make sixty percent in the marketplace. If you're over hedging your positions, you are never ever going to do that. It's just not going to happen because you're so afraid uh, of losing money. You're simply not making anything, right? I do have traders that trade that way, and you know, I, you know, I, I respect them and so forth. But realistically, if you really want to make some money, you know, you need to you need to get away from this uh, over hedging thing. It's really gonna be problematic for you um, uh, longer term. Okay? Yeah. So yeah. So just a comment. Um, right. Casino owners don't get upset when a table has some losses. They know over time they win big. Right. So and you need to think that way if you're actually gonna make it worthwhile. Like I said, if if you if if you have some sort of entertainment value. Um, you know, f- from putting on a bunch of trades and you don't really care if you make any money, uh, you just don't want to lose, and then, it, then, yeah, go for it. But, um, you know, that's that's not the way um, I trade. I can point you to some traders who trade that way. Uh, anyway, let's see. Another question here. Will the M3 require big changes when we enter a prolonged bear market? Well, you see, that is the great thing about the M3 strategy in general. Right, We've live traded this from 2007, not just myself, but a lot of different traders. I mean, we didn't have that many trading them back in 2007. I had a few one-on-one clients that was the extent of our business here because I was kind of new at trading myself. But we've traded this through 2007, 2008. We've traded it up through the... You know, 2009 rallies, we went, been through the 2010 flash crash all with live positions, 2011 crash with live positions, 2013. We haven't done, you know, we haven't always been, you know, uh, you know, in other words, we had our rocky times in the process, but over the long periods of time we've always done extremely well and in fact we've actually did extremely well in 2008 um you know one of the things we need to look at too with some of these strategies which i was talking to someone the other day is that we haven't seen all kinds of markets since 2008 um you know uh, somebody was talking to me about a a, you know i deal with a lot of traders who don't trade my strategies and might trade something else and i was dealing with a trade that Uh, He was talking about, and he looked at it 2008. Said, "Well, see, this thing handles a bear market." And I said, "Well, no, that's not true. 2008 really wasn't a bear market." And you might say, "What are you out of your mind?" And I say, "Well, no, I agree with you. The price went down, and the index cut in half. But realistically, that was a six-month period. So what that was is that was basically a a free fall." with very volatile up and forth, back and forth down movements for a period of about six months, and then the market took off to the upside. So to me, that's not necessarily a bear market. A bear market is like 2000, uh, uh, 19 uh, I'm sorry, about 2000 to 2003, if I'm calling my time right, maybe 1999 to 2003, where you have this gradual crushing of the asset price over a very long period of time. So you might have some trades that reacted very well in 2008 that are going to get crushed in an actual secular bear market because realistically we haven't seen that. We saw another crash in 2010 lasted like a month and a half. We saw a three-month, uh, two maybe a two-month incident in 2011, right? Anything that happened in 2015, 2016, very short-lived. So most of you have never actually been through a bear market. Heck, I've never actually been through a bear market because I've never been in that environment, but I know that it exists, right? And I can make an ex- estimation of how it would do. Now, this M3 should do fantastic in that secular bear market because of the way it's set up. Realistically, we and I know it did okay in 2008. So those markets pretty much covered... Um, you know, we know we had a little bit of trouble first half of 2013. We had some trouble first half of 2017. Other than oh. 2016 was also a little bit problematic, um, but 2017 happened to be the best year we've ever had in the strategy. So you know, we've been trading this from asset price to from around 350 on the Russell to asset price over 16,000, almost 17,000. And, you know, we've traded it through almost all of the market conditions that we've had, other than that secular bear market, which I don't think is going to be necessarily a problem. So we should be able to do that. You know, given that you're going to have periods of time, so a couple of months, three months, six months, where things might be a little bit problematic, generally it pulls out. Well, it always has pulled out, right, historically. So, uh, you know, this year, for example, February was problematic. Now, February wasn't problematic because... Earlier this year wasn't problematic because of a down move, right? So that's the other thing you need to look at when you're looking at your strategies. People will say, well oh, the market went down, it had a problem, therefore it's bad to the downside. No, that may not be the case at all, right? 2007, uh, was 2000, earlier this year, we had a volatility event. We had volatility skew shifts in the market like we've never seen before. We had weird profiles. We had, um, you know... Strange movements and volatility, as it relates to price movement, all those things were very unusual. And that being the case, when you have very unusual volatility movement, your your results are going to be different with the same price movement. So you got to remember, you're trading volatility almost more than you're trading price movement. And you know, it, it, I can get, you know, I can get a hundred point move down move in the M3, or even, you know, you go on the Russell, say. You know, 2008, we have maybe two, 300-point down move in the Russell over a period of a week and have no problem with an M3 trade. And then you can get a situation back in February where you have a relatively small down move. I don't know. It was, it was maybe 100 points, and you get slammed, right? That's all, um, that's all a condition of the volatility shifts. And this is what we're trying to teach you in the program is that it makes a difference. What volatility is doing makes a difference. Without addressing it specifically, we address it specifically in some of our other programs. But uh, without addressing it specifically, just showing you through, you know, trading and, and backtesting that that it makes it makes a big difference uh, on, in things. All right? Could it be a sole tre- bread and butter strategy? Yes. Keeping in mind, well, actually, hold on a second. Let me answer a question before that. The M three is a long hedge trade with a butterfly. There is there some point, depending on the market movements, that long bias could be morphed into a short trade. Yeah, I mean, you can right the way the M three program is set up. We don't take anything into market consideration. I mean, we don't take any market considerations into anything. We you know we show you the trade setup, and we should give you a set of guidelines to go by. We give you some options on how to how to accomplish our goals but we don't take any market bias into consideration i can take um if i want to take market bias into consideration i mean there's a gazillion different things i can do but it's not the m3 trade anymore necessarily right it's an options position but I, that's the point of the m3 positioning or the m3 trade is that if you do want to add bias you have a, a somewhat of an understanding of what each type of an adjustment does or each type of a configuration does and if you can do that if you can you can have some sort of an information a bias of what um, each type of a configuration does then you can you can make your own modifications to it right because because in order to in order to properly set up for a bias you have to know what you're doing we do m21 trade right and m21 position is where we come in and we do, we do this analysis on the market and we make expectations of where price movement is likely to be. We set up a high probability strategy that's built around whatever our biases happen to be at the moment. Sometimes we have no biases and we'll enter an M3 and that'll be our M21 strategy for the month. You know, Other times we might get into something a little more aggressive. We might enter something negative theta. Um, but it's going to depend on what's going on. Now, one of the challenges with this strategy is as I can tell someone, I can give them the price market. I can give them the market movement. I can say... I'll tell you what, you look at the chart, you know what it's going to do over the next 30 or 40 days. You know what it's going to do in the future. I want you to design a trade that's going to make money, the most amount of money in that environment. And they design this trade, and then they trade it through back trader, and they lose. And that is because they, they didn't understand their positioning. Right? They thought they understood what the position would do and how it would react under those price movement conditions, but they really never understood it. So one of the exercises we do is is you know design the trade you know the price movement until you get to the point where you can design trades where you maximize price movement so the question you're asking is kind of along that lines yeah I mean if you have some sort of a bias then by all means you can, and you want to play it you know by all means you can come in and you can and you can do that right you can you can play it but what a challenge a lot of people have is they is they play the bias, but they don't play it properly. In other words, they do something, and it's not right. And part of what I would like to think, at least, that trading an M3 does, if you're actually paying attention to what's going on and not just trying to follow guidelines, you kind of pick up on that, and, you're a lot, and you end up being a lot better at estimating what the position is actually going to do if the market does what you think it's going to do. And, of course, that always flows back into the trading itself and understanding your position when you're in, Just go by the rules again. Um, So, so could the M three work as a sole bread and butter strategy? Um, This is highly situational dependent, right? Because I'm not just trying to teach you a trade, right? And I'm not trying to teach you the best trade or necessarily or whatever. I I'm a wealth and success coach for people, so you know, in that process, we talk about people's net worth. We talk about you know, their goals going in the future and and where to position their income and so forth. So if you're asking me, you know, do I take 100% of my net worth and do I throw it into an M3 trade? And the answer is absolutely not, right? This is not uh, what you should be doing from a wealth standpoint. I mean, certainly it's possible to do it, uh, and you'll probably do okay. Um, but realistically, that is not the way you should be doing doing it. I mean, you need to have, you know... We have multiple income streams and all this other stuff going on, but um, you know as as far as part of your the, the part of your investment portfolio that you put into options, can you make that your sole bread and butter strategy and the answer is yes, you absolutely can, keeping in mind that that needs to be um, 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 put up against you know what your net worth is, what your trading experience level is. And uh, and all that other type of stuff. Okay, so you always have to keep that in mind. Um, all right. So uh, all right. So let's uh, go forward. I have another uh, quick question, and then I, well, we're probably not going to get through this example, but that's okay because you guys are having asking questions, and hopefully, I'm answering them for you. <coughs> uh, so, do I use the two delta two theta model? Yes. Can you comment on you, your use of combining the? the call skew check checkmark for the combined skew thingy. Um, oh, and that's Dave, my, my neighbor from New Hampshire. Yeah, so this is what I try to do with the model. So one of the things that we need to understand as traders, all of us, is that this model that we have, the analytical model, in this case option view, it's just a model. And it has a whole bunch of different settings that you can use. Uh, no matter what you use, it's not gonna, it's certainly not going to be 100% accurate, and sometimes it's not really even even close. It's just a gross estimation of what the software developer thinks is going to happen to the volatility of the market when the price moves. That's all that is. And you can alter his expectations by, by changing the model. So one of the things... We do with the M3, and I mean, some people don't realize this, and I'm just going to throw this out there. This M3 thing that I put together, I put together in like 2007. I didn't have option view. I didn't have back testing, I wasn't even that experienced trading, but I knew how things did. In other words, this was developed through hitting the market hard, learning, 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 hitting the market hard, learning, learning. learning lots of trial and error. Um, type of a thing, and then when when it came to say 2010 or so, um, you know, we already had one-on-one. I had a lot of one-on-one clients trading like this. I had some hedge fund clients trading like this. I traded like this uh, somewhat because I I generally I'm looking for more re- more return than what an M3 is going to give me. Um, but I but but I traded like this somewhat. Um, and when we made the program, we essentially backwards engineered a set of guidelines. That fell in line with what I was doing, right? So, so rather than going in and back testing something a million years and tweaking it, tweaking it, back testing it, tweaking it, tweaking it, and form fitting it to the market, basically, I said, well, this is what I'm doing. Let's develop a set of rules around it, and so that we can make it easier for other people to to duplicate that, uh, and that's the way we did it. And when we did that, I'm looking at the software models, and I'm saying, well, what model? you know, what do I have to do to this model? Because Option view has a whole, a whole bunch of settings. What what do I have to do to this model in order to, to get it to work um, the most close uh, or um, to, to get it to be most representative of what's actually happening when the price moves back and forth, right, or, or whatever? And that those settings happen to be... Um, if you come in here uh, using the Yates, true delta gamma, combined puts put call skews with the variable model and the 10-bit ask, right, because this makes a difference as well. And the other thing that makes a difference in, uh, in option view is uh, your define level, right? If you're defining different levels in large, then you get different things. If you're defining five-point strikes uh, only or 25-point strikes only, you also get slightly different readings. This was the most representative um, uh, T plus zero line of what actually happened on average, right? Because because we uh, we have different conditions. I can I can pick any one specific condition and say, well, this model was better or that model was better. But on average, that happens to be the model that most reflected the, uh, the where the T plus zero line most closely reflected what was going to go on when the price moved. Um, at different volatility levels and so forth in the marketplace. So that's what we move, that's what we use. And that's in the Russell 2000 index. That doesn't necessarily go over to the SPX index. You go over to the SPX, they have a different volatility skew profile. And that volatility skew profile reacts differently. So while I might use the variable in here uh, with combined put call skews, that's what gives me the most accurate reading. Here, if I go over to the SPX, that's not the case. I have to—I well, don't have to—but it's more beneficial generally for me to switch to some other uh, model, which you know we could go over uh, at another time. So there is a difference in 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 the asset as well, and how you want to do it. The most important thing is that you learn how to read the analytical graph and understand under what conditions it tends to be right, under what conditions it tends to be wrong, and then, then you can go there and make adaptations. You don't have to be, do that to be successful trading the M3. You can just go by the rules as they're written down. But um, you know, as you get more as a subjective trader and so forth and you're trying to estimate things and get an idea what's going on, then you, you could you could change settings depending on certain conditions. Right. So it's not necessary, but it can be. So, you know, that's the M3. Uh, We didn't get to go through this one, but essentially what happened is we had a crazy up move and we ended up, you know, making a thousand dollars or something here. But um, um, that's essentially how the trade works. Now, um, I'm just going to quickly. Actually, we have to get going because we're about out of time, but. just a little bit of background on the system. It was initially released in 2011, it was de- but it was developed in 2007. I initially developed it as a t- tool to get people to understand options trading better. Um, so the trade was developed over 10 years ago. It's been live traded since 2007 by somebody, uh, including me pretty much constantly through that, through the 2008 market crash, through the rallies of 13 and not in 2009, flash crash 2011. Um, our most profitable year ever recorded in the uh, m3 was actually 2017 so my point being the system's been proven time and time again in live trading live trading over the last 10 years making the m3 the most enduring the most uh, proven trading strategy in live market conditions that's available anywhere Uh, add that to the fact that you know, we see a lot of good results in transforming people into extremely skilled options traders. And, you know, I, it makes me more excited about the M3 than I was even 10 years ago when it came in, and that, and that says a lot. So I'm just going to quickly show you a couple things that are in the program. I'll hand this over to Andrew, right? The um, um, We've had multiple additions to the program since it was introduced in 2012. So initially it was introduced as a as a classic M3 um, with multiple adjustment strategies, when to best utilize them, those strategies, and a detailed uh, examples with a four-part video series. Later on, we had some questions on uh, entries and adjustments, so we added an, an entry and adjustment strategy. We had concerns with people from um, with smaller accounts. They didn't really understand how to... Um, take the content in the video and apply it to a small account. So we added an incremental adjustability and capital control video, which goes over M3U positions, which is the early M3U, um, trading small positions and managing the capital in the trade, which is a great addition. We did a video specifically on entries for the M3. We did a 2016 program update, which was a fairly, very significant update. The M3 can be traded within multiple variations. We have an M3U and M3E, um, which is a, a capital efficient M3 for people looking for higher returns. Um, we have a long-term M3 for people who like to trade further from expiration and, and, and all, you know, all kinds of things like that. And that um, is included in the 2000. 16 program update and then we have a kickstarter mentoring program. It's a three-part video series that is essentially intended to get people uh, up and going as quickly as possible within the program and then of course we have our question and, and answer bonus video from our last year's promotion so uh, and we're going to be doing another video i think this year for um, for the people who who own the system so um, I, that's all i have andrew and i think we have our questions so i'm going to kind of hand this over to you if that's okay
0: All right. Yep. Sounds good. All right. And I will tell you all right now about the upcoming Evan three event. And you may want to share your
1: screen at some point here too.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right. I just uh, I'm uh, remoted into another computer, so I just got confused about which computer I was operating. There you go. Well, that's Uh, easy to do. Yeah. All right, there we go. Um, All right, so let's get back up here. And I can tell you about the upcoming event, but first is our special offer uh, with a limited time. So for two weeks, we're going to do this. Two weeks only, we are marking down the M3 Options Trading System course. Uh, We still have it. Labeled as the trading system because that's what it's affectionately known as, but mm-hmm. uh, maybe we'll actually update it to be the trader development system. Uh, but it's fourteen seventy five is the regular price that we have throughout the year, and for two weeks only, we're running a special offer. You can get it for twelve forty nine. Additionally, everybody who owns the M three, so even if you bought it five years ago you may attend on Friday, October 12th, uh, the special Q&A with John Locke. uh, And that is a web meeting that we turn things around. And instead of just being a lecture or presentation, we make sure that we cover every last little question that you have about the strategy. We do this typically around uh, a time where we run an offer because then there's usually a lot of new M3 traders showing up. So that gives you the opportunity to take the course uh, in the next several weeks. If you were to take advantage of this offer, take the course, start trading it, start understanding it, really spend time with it. And then around the middle of October, we get together and have a Q&A on it, make sure we cover everything. Basically like a free group mentoring session. It's very valuable. Two ways to get to it. Easiest, fastest is m3options.com. is a URL that will take you uh, to the information about the page, or you can go to optionstribe.com and navigate to that as well. Um, Also on optionstribe.com, you can join the recording of this session and all of our weekly webinars and John's SMB uh, Monday update uh, are available in the archive. Going back, I, I, I always lose count now, but it's, I, I want to say six. That probably means we're seven years into this. So we are several years into this of weekly meetings. Uh, this picture is actually old now. I feel like we keep updating it and it keeps getting older. So 350 hours of Options Tribe education and webinars about various topics. So optionstribe.com is a place to do that. You can learn about the Options Foundation program If you are new to options trading, uh, there's also mentoring programs as well. A new one I'm going to tell you about in just a moment. Uh, Developing strategies. So if things John was talking about today uh, were a little over your head and you're not quite sure what a butterfly plus a call or some of these adjustments are, uh, some of the um, more basic strategies are listed on the screen for you. You can learn all all about those at optionsdrive.com. And then intermediate strategies listed here, M3 coming in at the top is probably one of the, or if not the most popular uh, in that list. I'm just going to, yeah, it's the most popular. It's not just yeah, for a duration, right. but. Uh, it's, it's been around, around a long late.
1: time, and it's, we've had a lot of successful yeah. people there. So um,
0: a lot right. of it's And been. it is the pre, yeah, yeah. A, lot, a lot of success, a lot of fans, and a lot of people that have traded it. For uh, five plus years, because a lot of times you find people who have been trading at six months, and you wonder where everybody else is. But trading it year after year, big community of those. So, and it is the prerequisite for some of the more advanced strategies listed on the screen here. Um, a new uh, one of these is not new, but one is new um, is the workshop. So that's a systems trading workshop. So options systems. We get into a lot of futures options and signalized options trading and backtesting and group backtesting and group workshop environment. That's here at smbu.com slash workshop. The new thing is that the lower half of this slide is you can do a first hour of mentoring with SMB, and that session will be with me at this time. Uh, Seth also doesn't offer uh, occasionally throughout the year. Right now, that session is with me. And you can do a discounted first hour um, where we would spend time getting to know your background, your experience. And then my goal is to give you a strategy for developing as an options trader. And that may mean pointing you toward a specific strategy to focus on or a certain type of mentoring or certain software or certain things to work on. So either way, that is something for you to look at. Um, The link isn't the easiest to get to, so I just put my email address. In there, that's probably the easiest way to get started on that. Um, so that's an old picture. And here it is. This is next week's Options try meeting, Tuesday, August 21st. Ophir Gottlieb, sorry if I said that wrong, with Capital Market Laboratories, identifying the impact of stock gaps and the timing of directional and non-directional options strategies to play volatility and momentum. Almost ran out of room for that one. So cool topic there. Stock gaps, directional and non-directional option strategies to play volatility and momentum. So very cool. Looks like uh, getting into individual equities there. So that should be very interesting as well. Uh, I am not Seth Freudberg, but I place Seth Freudberg on Tuesdays when he's on vacation. Uh, so this is his email as well. If you'd like to send an email out, but he is currently on vacation. Um, but either way, I thank you all for attending. I thank you, John, for your excellent presentation. Someday we'll count up how many of these you've done and start sharing that with people because it's um, everybody's wondering. It takes a lot of work and time and effort to put these presentations together, and we appreciate that every time you come, you share valuable information with all of us.
1: Uh, thank you. Thank you. And thanks, everybody, for, for joining us. We really appreciate it and supporting us, and uh, happy trading.
0: All right. Have a great rest of your week, everyone, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everyone. Good night.